It's not playing with Lex and Dan, the show where I watch movies that I've never seen all by myself. No, not all by myself, with my good friend Lex Friedman. Hi, Lex. Yeah, me. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm looking forward to watching a movie. I just, it's been a week. I feel like I could use a break. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that feeling. And you know, you and I, to, to peel back the curtain a bit, we have lists of movies and we can mark off, you know, as we have ideas, which ones I've seen, which ones you've seen, which one neither of us has seen. Sometimes there's movies that neither of us has seen and we still don't want to see, like The Shining. <laughs> But today I was reviewing the list and I was thinking, what can I show Dan? And this one leapt out to me as like a nice summertime movie. So there you go. Summertime and uh, the weather is breezy. I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> living is easy. Oh, yes. It does seem vaguely summery, but it is a movie that I haven't seen. And I, I know some things about. What do you know about 1990s Pretty Woman? Uh, I know that it's about a woman, mm. and some might consider her pretty. Uh, no, a conventionally uh, attractive woman. Yes. Conventionally attractive woman, the working title for this movie. <laughs> I know it stars Julia Roberts and Richard Gere. I knew that even before the giant splash screen I'm looking at right now that shows the two of them. Mm-hmm. I believe the plot is that she is a... I'm going to try and find a delicate way of putting this. Uh, I believe she is a sex worker. <laughs> Fubo TV, where we're watching it today, goes with a prostitute. Okay, yes. All right. It's kind of, it feels like it has a little bit of a um, My Fair Lady vibe, which is, Mm -hmm. or at least that's my assessment. Like in My Fair Lady, famously, it's about the professor who takes the woman who's the flower seller and tries to like basically teach her to be a lady, quote unquote, right? Like a, a, a high class lady. And so I feel like this is a little, there's some similar vibe here where he's, is he trying to like pass her off as a society woman or something like that? Or I don't know if that's that's what's happening here. I feel like there are some scenes in like a a store and I don't know, fancy party or something? I don't know. They like makeovers and stuff like that. I don't really know. <laughs> no, this is good. And do you know any other cast members that you can expect to see? Because I think you're going to recognize many, many actors in this film. Yeah, I feel like I just recently heard about somebody who was in it, but I'm drawing a blank and remembering what that was. So I don't remember any other names. But I, I am also likewise sure that I will see people in it that I recognize. I believe, despite this not being her first film, it's considered Julie Roberts's uh, breakout breakout role yeah, yeah. The, the one that made her a star was mystic pizza before this i think, I think mystic pizza precedes it I yeah okay. right. that would be the one i would think of as her sort of first big role but yes yeah. this one i think turned her into like utter like a-list movie star that she still is yeah she was she was in mystic pizza in 88 and steel magnolias in 89 mm. but she became a a america's sweetheart with 1990s <laughs> pretty woman which grossed 464 million dollars not adjusted in 1990 that's pretty good yeah especially for a non-blockbuster i assume that made a right. hefty profit so that's what i i think that's all so you I know, know some stuff you, you said my fair lady i would think uh, cinderella also okay okay uh, kind of thing i will say in this still i assume you're looking at the same one that i'm looking at with her and like yes brown dress with polka dots yes she gives off a very uh anne hathaway vibe 
in this mm. in this image to me. Mm. But uh, <laughs> I think the kids would say she's giving Anne Hathaway. Oh, okay, <laughs> I think that's how that works. I don't know. No, I, I can see that. I definitely see that. Although this obviously predates Pre- Anne Hathaway's uh, potentially yes. even birth. <laughs> no, I think actually Anne Hathaway is like our age. So she was born in eighty two, and this movie is nineteen ninety. That's right. So. Well, so you you know a few things. You, you have the general vibe of the story. What's your What's your sense of the genre? Like, is this rom com? Is it romance comedy, comedy? But like, I guess it's rated R, huh? I can see that. So. I assume maybe there might be some dramatic twists and turns. I guess the question for me is, is this the thing where Richard Gere is trying to... I feel like this is a big 80s comedy thing, too, where they're like, let's remake this person. I mean, I guess that's kind of a perennial vibe, but like, I'm thinking about like, Can't Buy Me Love, and um, what are, like, there's some later ones in the 90s, too. Uh, where I don't think do. I've seen Can't Buy Me Love, although I know the song. I, it's not... That it's I wouldn't call it like a amazing great movie, but I believe that's um Patrick Dempsey like in a, his mm. sort of big break role. Uh, but it's the same sort of thing where it's like oh here's the a guy that's like a nerd or whatever, and we're gonna turn him into somebody who is who is dateable or what have you, right? Like sort of the makeover plot. And so I guess my question is a I'm curious to know whether I should like Richard Gere. B I wonder if it's the kind of thing where like he falls in love with her along the way, despite supposedly, you know, kind of basically using her or whatever. I'm thinking like trading places too. another good example. We watch that, right? Where they have the sure. bet about turning Eddie Murphy uh, into Dan Aykroyd's character. And then at the, I'm very curious about the ending of this movie. I mean, you know, we'll get there, but like, I'm curious about the ending and the message. And I'm sure those are things that we'll discuss a lot because these, when we watch movies of this era, I think we often, you know, viewing them through a lens of 2023 in this case, some of these things don't age well because we we have learned and evolved as people in the interim. Yeah. And I, I, as we often talk about, I don't know exactly how well some of it will hold up. It is hilarious to me that the whole thing is Pretty Woman, which I think is largely because of, there's a song with that name. Roy Orbison. Is it? Yeah. But like... It's a weird thing to call it, like <laughs> attractive leading lady. It's not. Yeah. I don't know that the yeah. point of the movie is that she's pretty. She is pretty. I don't know. That part's weird. But yeah, there's a. It's a title you don't want to think about too much. I think that's that's what it comes yeah. down to. It's like it's a, okay, pretty woman, sure, yeah, and then you start to dissect it, and yeah, it seems a little weird. One fun fact to me about this movie before we even press play is uh, Julia Roberts not a natural redhead. She died it for this film, and then was basically a redhead for most of her career after that. <laughs> wow, really. Oh, is she a brunette? Mm-hmm. I assume so, but okay. I don't know. She's been blonde, too, like uh, Aaron Brockovich. and Legally? <laughs> Illegally <laughs> blonde. <laughs> Got it. Well, Dan, the good news is, as we mentioned every week, and, and more and more people are, are heating. Although you and I watch this movie together, it, it doesn't have to be in a vacuum, meaning our listeners can choose to watch along with us, if only they are willing to pony up the smallest bit of scratch. <laughs> it's great, too, because when we're in a vacuum, you can't hear us laugh or scream. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but we, yes, we appreciate our members who listen along and watch with the commentary track and who support us and our fine network, The Incomparable, by becoming members of The Incomparable, which not only entitles them to every single episode of the whole nine season catalog of not playing's commentary tracks but also to a bunch of other great stuff including bootleg episodes more premium content uh, access to our members discord and even some fancy swag at certain membership levels and it all starts at just five dollars a month which is a great deal for the amount of content you get plus most importantly the warm fuzzy feeling you get from supporting your favorite podcasters who might be me and lex (laughs) i hope so me too. I'm certainly one of my favorite podcasters. <laughs> you're also one of my favorite podcasters. Yeah, I was going to say, you're in my top five for sure. Oh, top five. Good. Excellent. Yeah. 
Well, Dan, as of precisely this moment, you have seen Pretty Woman. I have seen Pretty Woman. And Hector Elizondo as the hotel manager. He had a name. <laughs> yeah, I know. But Hank Azaria was only in that movie for about 10 seconds, huh? Yeah, it was before he was truly Hank Azaria. Oh, who was he? Henry Azaria? <laughs> yes. He was Hank the Azaria at that time. Now he's merely A. So what'd you think, Dan? I I liked it. It was good. You know, I I struggle a lot with trying to like untangle a lot of the themes. And there's some interesting stuff in terms of like, you know, trying to process, especially seeing this from the vantage point of 2023. I think that it what works about it is that Julia Roberts' character is pretty fleshed out. Like yes. she's a she's a very so three dimensional character, and I think that is good. And also, we're n- Richard Gere is a flawed character, and I think that also helps. It's not purely about the idea that he is like, you know, lifting her up. It's not quite as I'm trying to think of the right word for it. I don't know. I, it, it it's not as one-sided, right? And I, I think it does, you know, it does fall down at a few points in terms of, I think there are a lot of cases where the way he treats her is is not great and it's not always acknowledged that he, because like the thing I kept thinking of was the fact that he tells her to constantly stop fidgeting. Yes. Which feels very controlling. <laughs> and I don't think that- And it's that, also very My Fair Lady, yes, which is also controlling. Yes, ex- absolutely, absolutely. And there's always going to be fundamentally some difficulty with the very concept of somebody like him essentially trying to remake someone in the image that he wants. Right. But I think they, they kind of, not entirely sidestep it, but I think they do a better job of making it clear that she is also somebody who wants something else. And some of that is, of course, because she sort of gets a taste of this life. But it's not that she's like, oh, I'm off to be a rich man's mistress or something. She is going to go off and get a job and, and like finish school and all of that, which is fine. I don't know. Is it a better movie in some ways if she if they if they do split up and like never see each other again? I don't know if it's better. Maybe I, I think the trouble is something that is as formulaic as a rom-com, not to say this is purely formulaic, but it, right. it, it adheres to the, the structure. You would feel very left unsatisfied if it did not like even if it's predictable ending it's the ending that the genre demands and it's everything has been set up along the way right anything else would be disappointing for sure yeah to feel like it's this is the note we're gonna hit at the end here right like it would feel super weird if they're like now we're subverting the tropes of all the rom-coms like nah yeah that's not what you went in with the promise of right especially in 1990 like it was too early in rom-com trope establishment to already be bucking the trend but they i think they do they certainly do a better than 1990s level job of making Julia Roberts be her own woman. Yeah. And like and and not having her worth dictated by Richard Gere. And even like they give her the last line, right? He's yeah. like what happens uh, after she rescue after he rescues her and she says she rescues him right back. Uh, yeah. Which doesn't mean a ton, but it's, it's, it gives her some agency. Well, I mean, I think it does to the testament of like he, you know, we deal we deal with his problems too, right? Like this, the the whole backstory we get for him is this abandonment, right? And yep. he's, there's a joke in there about the like, ah, a rich man would rather hire a prostitute for a week than go to therapy. But he does go to therapy, right? Which I yeah. thought was kind of, it's a little played off a little bit as a joke, but like, 
you know, it's not that this guy hasn't realized he has issues and he needs to deal with those issues and perhaps even still has issues after, you know, buying his father's company, etc. But like he is not an entirely healthy, well-rounded person himself. And I think not the movie doesn't necessarily encourage us to see him as the protagonist, right? Yeah. I think that's they they're on much more equal footing, I feel like in terms of how they're treated. I could easily imagine a movie in which that was much less the case. And that I think was what worked for me there. I think I I, mean, I like this movie. I wanted to show it to you because I think it's sweet and I think it's funny. And I think uh it holds up better than many movies we've watched of mm-hmm. its era. Yeah. I would agree with that. It has the problem that so many rom-coms can have, which is it's not entirely clear why they like each other. That's not yes. that's a little bit unfair. Like it's pretty clear why he likes her beyond just she's pretty, right? He finds her delightful and amusing, all those things. But basically as written, she likes him because he's really rich and because he's really generous with her with his wealth, <laughs> which is not a personality exactly. Yes, he does and I think <sighs> In some ways, I think with a little bit of tweaking, that that is something. It's not far off, right? Like, yeah, there there are elements of it, but you're you're definitely right that his character is a little more two dimensional. It's the sort of idiosyncrasies of him that draw her in, from what we can see, and it's not something. It's a little more ineffable, I think. You know, in terms of what was I watching the other day? I was watching something else with uh, my wife. We were talking about it's a character who clearly has things for like you know broken people, right? Because mm-hmm. they think they can fix them, and I think that's a bit of what's going on here, kind of in both directions. Is the other like one of them thinks they can fix the other person? Not necessarily a basis for a sound relationship. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, we never got to Pretty Woman too to figure out how everything went for them. Although they they are in at least one more movie together right right if not a few a, a yeah. less well-received ones but yes yeah and you know rom-coms don't really do that as much it's hard to do a sequel to a rom-com but yeah i agree with you that his character you know he's sort of like the 80s corporate raider basically right he is an he's a bit of a stereotype as opposed to her like you know julia roberts character is much better written than his character is but I, I think it's got a strong supporting cast. It does. And and strong performances from even people in very small parts, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I, I really, I mean, this is nothing new to, to say, but Julia Roberts is great in this movie. She really is good. Yeah. Like, she's very believable as as a woman who's who's taken up a profession that she clearly doesn't love and continues to, to you know be a real live person like she is not if anybody's a character in this movie i guess it's probably like jason alexander yeah but she is a she is a character and i love the way she interacts with people who are who see themselves as above her station status whatever i love obviously her very famous rejoinder when she goes back to that rodeo drive Mm -hmm. store and tells them they made a big mistake i like the way she builds rapport with just about everybody who is likable in this movie especially hector alessandro i think is excellent this thing but yes i think that she is really she's remarkably good in it especially when you think about like she was i mean i I guess you could say that she she had been in two movies at this point and so she had established some cred but like this is really good like this is this is yeah i i I totally agree with you and also i think they do a nice job of deftly sort of dealing with you know um having like laura sangiacomo there as well in terms of she's never i feel like she doesn't really look down on the like what she does for a living right like you know she talks about like 
I want it to be my choice and I want to have agency in these things essentially. And when she decides she's going to leave, you know, she tries to convince her friend to come with her, but she also doesn't bully her or try to in other ways to like denigrate her. Right. She's like, well, this is the life you've chosen. Right. That's, you know, that's fine. I, I, I think you can, you can do other things too, if you want to do right. Like if you're, you're free to make other choices, if you'd like to make other choices, but I'm not going to tell you to how to live your life basically. Yeah. And I thought that was surprising surprisingly enlightened in many ways it's not i'm not gonna go off the rails and say this is like basically mind-blowing film in terms of its views on sex work and the challenges in society but like it's more complex than i thought it would be and it's more yeah it's kinder than i thought it would be which is i think a real plus in this way there's something really remarkable to me about the fact that this does establish julia roberts as one of america's sweethearts despite the fact that she's not in what we traditionally be considered a sweetheart making role you know what i mean like the country doesn't have a great perspective on sex workers and this is this is an r-rated rom-com and like i i don't know there's i i i think i'm just perseverating on it but i I, there's a lot of movies of julie roberts that i like Notting hill is probably one of my favorite movies even though there's no reason for hugh grant to fall in love with her in that movie but (laughs) she's really good in this i think this is maybe maybe my favorite julia roberts performance which is not saying much but like because i think it's a lot of people's probably but there's something about her that feels very real and non-movie-esque even though the story is obviously very movie-esque if i do have some nits to pick i think they play up what (laughs) we talked about a bit during the commentary track but they play up a little bit too much her cluelessness at a few points (laughs) for comedic value but i think at times a little bit ridiculous you know and again i think rom-coms especially of this era were not always ones with deft touches right you're going to paint broad strokes in some places to get a joke or to get a paint the difference right i'm thinking still of that scene where they're like sitting having breakfast and she's like eating pancakes with her hands or whatever and you know i think they they overplay it at some points a little bit to get the laughs and to show that she is she's unfamiliar with this world right and i get it like they want to play the fish out of water thing but i think that's where they just they sometimes take it a little too far. But but what's, what's an example of a place where you think they take it too oh, far? Oh, um, I was trying to think. There was something in there where I thought she was, they were playing her a little too dumb about something. Like, she's, other times she seems very savvy, right? Like, I think there's a lot of points where she, like, does things to shock people, specifically to shock people, which I think is one of the things yes. I like and is well written about her, is she she goes over the top sometimes, too. I was okay with the, like, cutlery thing, because that stuff is super confusing if you don't know what you're doing. Um, I'm blanking on what the uh, particular thing that jumped out at me was, but there was, I think, a point or two where I just felt like they, they just... They turned it up just a little too far. A little too caricature-ish. I mean, I really, I really like the restaurant scene where she says, yeah, like, should I order for you? Yeah. And then she realizes she should say it more studiously yeah. or whatever. And then her attempt to crack open the snail and <laughs> it flying. And then the waiter who's right on point saying, oh, it happens all yeah. the time. <laughs> like, I love that whole moment. It's good. It's I don't good. know. I, she, I think she's very funny in this one. Yeah, no, agreed. Richard Gere also, if we're talking about how well-written she is, Richard Gere a little bit less so, I guess, because it's he's given a redemption arc, right? Like, yeah. beyond just, in quotes, saving Julia Roberts, he also like goes easier on that business. Decides, let me buy it and make it better instead of stripping it for parts. Okay. but It's a rebuke of the corporate raider right. attitude of the 80s, right? But there's there's not there's not a lot to him. I guess this is my like it's the same as my original complaint. There's not a lot to him in my mind for her to fall in love with, other than being fabulously wealthy. Like the biggest glimpses of his personality that we see are when he's talking with Larry Miller at the store, and Larry Miller's like, "How 
how obscene is the spending meeting? He's like, oh, it's gonna be filthy or whatever. Like that's funny. But the piano, I, yeah, the piano yeah, stuff. That's, that's a nice. That's a nice touch. But he's a very. I think his character is a very internal character overall, right? Like, and that's that seems to be consistent throughout. Is that he is one of those characters who is he's not close with a lot of people. He doesn't have a lot of friends. Even the people he counts as friends are like. Stucky works for him, right? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, that's... I hope he's fired at the end, by the way. Like, they don't say that explicitly, but I hope he's fired. I assume so. But he seems like somebody who's very much in his own head. And that that sort of jives with the backstory that we're given for him, right? He's an only child. His father abandoned him. You know, all of that. Like, he seems like a guy who's just very internalized. And that's okay but i agree with you that it's not necessarily a thing that makes it as clear from the outside why he's so attractive but you know again some people like that that is attractive to some people yeah and as we talked about while we were watching jason alexander has made a career of of playing rather unlikable characters i, I would i would argue even george his oh, most famous yeah. character I, is unlikable yeah. yep but he's he's really gross in this movie like yeah <laughs> He's the uh, like it, he's the a true villain. He is basically the flip side of everything that we are. He's kind of everything we're expecting to be wrong and and to show how badly uh, the average person treats somebody in Julia Roberts' position. Right? I think that is one of the redemptive things about it. Is like not to say Richard Gere is amazing in terms of how like oh he was so respectful and everything, but like you know we given as contrast Jason Alexander's character who is so over not even over the top i guess like i mean he's he is the the embodiment i think of the stereotypical view of like a a man in this case in some ways you know both villainous and kind of depressingly sobering at the same time when you realize like i think probably that is how a lot of people unfortunately view people in her position (laughs) and it's not great (laughs) to understate it but, you know, it's an effective role in terms of providing a villain for us in this piece, because otherwise, yeah, the villain is society, I guess. Yeah. I think the real villain is the enemies we made along the way. Mm-hmm. The other thing that serves this movie well is it obviously does have a moral compass, mm-hmm. but isn't heavy handed, right? It's not, it's not punching you over the face. Like, certainly the, the metaphor being drawn when he's deciding not to take over the business and or or not to you know ruin it and when he's deciding that no i really do love julie roberts like there, there's there's some a little bit of transparency there but it's i, I appreciate that it's not like there's no grandstanding in this movie of its story mm-hmm. and i think they even don't go out to like say what a great guy richard gear is it's much more about like what a great human julia roberts is and look how she can change him like, I really do feel like it's that, you know, like building up who she is as a reflection on him. Instead of yeah, no, I agree. I, I think the sort of trope that often gets fallen into with this kind of movie is the quote unquote hooker with a heart of gold. And, you know, it plays into that at a few points, I think. But again, manages to, I think, largely escape it by having her be such an interesting well-drawn character like that's a trope that happens when your character's undeveloped and you're lazy and you just were like ah you know it's just it's just this prostitute who who's really great at heart and it's like but you never explain why what like what's their deal like why why should we interested in why are they a three-dimensional character and i think they managed to mostly sidestep that by actually spending a lot of time with her in scenes where she is not purely defined with him right i think that's also one of the important things about this movie is 
we don't entire we we get the chance to see her through our own lens as opposed to only seeing how Richard Gere views her, and that is again a good a good degree of of agency for her. I think that's right. And uh, so so where does it rank? Like, uh, you glad you saw it? Yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. Of the I was just looking back at our our films from this year. Of the ones that you've showed me, I think it's it's my favorite <laughs> of the three that we've they or the ones that I had not seen before. I'll put it that way. Of the ones I had not seen before, I think right. it is my favorite of the three. So awesome! That's pretty great. Maybe we're on a good trajectory here as we <laughs> start winding down our season. Any idea what we're going to watch next time? You know, I've been looking at my list and I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. There's uh, some good contenders on here, but um, I'm not a hundred percent sure what it's going to be because it's i feel like that's a tough act to follow <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll i'll think about it and we'll we'll come back next time with a bit of a surprise for everybody love it well dan it's been a real pleasure getting to watch pretty woman with you but until next time <laughs> keep watching the maps of the stars homes <laughs> keep watching the shops on rodeo drive <laughs> rodeo drive yeah rodeo drive is a reference to a movie you've seen with me which is uhf ah okay He's not a billionaire. He's actually a jazz pianist that we hire. <laughs> Richard Gere is really playing in this scene, and he's playing really? a composition of his own. Wow. Look at you, Richard Gere. Some guys can do it all, Dan. <laughs> <laughs>